What up, everybody? It's the Well-Spoken Token, and you're listening to the Well-Spoken Token Podcast. Here on the show, we talk about everything on the black nerd spectrum, like anime, comics, movies, and trading card games, all through the lens of a backwoods black boy from East Texas. I'm a 28-year-old college dropout with a lot of life experience, and hopefully you get some sort of enjoyment from my perspective. Make sure you check out our socials and tune in every Wednesday for new episodes. This is the Well-Spoken Token, and I'm out. Welcome back to another episode of the Well-Spoken Token Podcast. I'm your host, the Well-Spoken Token. I'm so happy to be here on the mic with you guys. Blessed, highly favored, all that good stuff. But it ain't about me. It's about you, my fam, the Token family. I hope all of you guys are doing wonderfully wherever you are. If you're at work, in your cars, if you're listening to this in the shower, scrub your nasty ass. I hope you're having a fucking wonderful day. I know I am because I get to be back here with you beautiful people. As the old church folks say, I'm not going to hold you long. I'm not going to hold you long. I just want to give you the lowdown on what's been going on in the world these days from me. So guys, I have had a lot of time to check out some new Netflix series. And the one that's been on my brain, like this new hotness that's been sweeping the nation. I'm talking about everybody's favorite cephalopods, squidbillies. It's all over the world, man. It's such a great and fantastic show. I'm going to break it down for you. You can't touch the trim. It's a very important thing. Granny's the best character in the entire show. In order to touch the front butt, you gotta be paying. You, you you scratch lotto tickets with all eight of your of your your of your tentacles, your phalanges, or whatever you like to call them. Nah, okay. In all serious, I'm fucking around. Now I'm here to talk about uh, the Squid Game, this new Korean drama or K drama, as some people are calling it, uh, that's premiering on Netflix. Kooky ass thing about Netflix though is that they like to you know watch the trade like trends, see how that shit's going. Apparently, they've been holding on to the script for fucking Squid Game for like 10, 12 years. Though well, not him, them personally, but the creator of fucking Squid Game has had that script for like ever. And Netflix finally decides, oh well, now's the the biggest and best time to air that as far as it goes. And I honestly believe that the reason that Squid Game got its time in the light right now is because anime has rushed its way into the mainstream and it's become almost a trend at this point. I remember back in the day and everybody, fuck every neck bearded fucking weeb in the world is just like, I remember when I used to get made fun of because I watched anime and shit. No girls like me. I couldn't get no play. They used to beat me up in the bathroom because I used to wear my Goku shirt with the stain over his eye. It was really bad, man. People always fucking whining and complaining about back in the fucking early 2000s and the 90s when anime was different and strange to people nobody understood what the fuck was going on it was like a a a fucking center point of being picked on or getting aggression and shit like that but you know honestly most people were probably picking on you because you smell weird and they just kind of looked at you and said oh you've got like an anime shirt on the spider-man shoes you're definitely a fucking nerd and they just they picked at you i was one of those guys that got picked on and shit but i i i always used to attribute it as like oh well you know it's because of anime and shit no it it was because i smelled bad and i had weird shoes and stuff like that people not that you should pick on people for having weird shoes but hey you know fuck it rock them paylesses if you got them rock them walmarts if your mama bought them you know uh but because uh with anime like 
shooting forward into the mainstream, it's now way more acceptable to kind of throw a a show like Squid Game at people. Uh, because in my opinion, like Squid Game is super anime. I got a chance to watch the whole series and I got major anime vibes. Now, not necessarily like a live action anime because that gets a, a bad rap, a bad name because of how like trash a lot of the live action animes have been i'm, I'm looking at here's looking at you death note i love you lakeith stanfield but you definitely were a weird l all right naked brothers band i see you out here trying to be fucking light and i just thought again it was strange willem dafoe though as goddamn ryuk was a breakout performance everything willem dafoe does is fucking amazing green goblin himself the nigga from the horrific movie antichrist if you want to scar your brain with some crazy feminist slash anti-feminist like imagery and shit like that fucking rent antichrist and watch that shit because it will fuck your whole brain up i'll just go ahead and give you like a billion warnings somebody gets their dick smashed with a goddamn cinder block it's terrifying and that's not even the denouement that's not even the climax of the fucking uh shit like movie it's wild but back to squid game i mean we're talking about gore and violence at this point so we can kind of get into that the basic premise of squid game is that a group of people are all approached by a particular person in a suit at uh, a really down in their luck time. And they're asked if they want to come and play a game. They're given a card uh, to call and sign up for a game. And when they get there, they find out that they're going to be playing children's games for a large cash prize. But what they're not told, really the big twist, is that anyone that is eliminated from any of these kids' games is going to be killed. And so within the first First episode, you get through all the exposition. You learn about the the main character nigga and how he's got a gambling addiction. You start seeing kind of the depths of how far people who are living with extenuating circumstances or, or who are at rock bottom will go to like fix their situation to you know improve their station or to or to fucking climb out of the hole that they've dug themselves or found themselves in the 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 show is huge it's got a giant cast like the first game is like 456 players most of them are cannon fodder but you do work your way down to kind of like a main cast of individuals probably like 10 or 12 people you got like a yakuza dude you got a, a north korean refugee girl who's fucking amazing you got like the main character's best friend nigga who was supposed to be super smart but ends up like fucking himself off and, and having to participate in this death game i don't want to give too many sp- specifics because again i want people to go out and check out this awesome fucking show i enjoyed it but as i was i was saying earlier i related this back to anime because of the uh death game genre of animes like you know you've got shit like kakaguri which is another popular anime on netflix where you got like these rich kids and they're forced to play these gruesome ass games but it's usually like one-on-one type of shit like where you wager an amount and then you go from there rather than this like battle royale setup that squid game kind of has where you got all of these people and sometimes you're on teams other times you're individuals so you have to kind of work your way through like social norms and figuring out who's so crazy so who's too far gone to like the reason like to be able to reason with and who's like obviously fucking delusional and crazy uh but there's 
a lot of death in the show. So if you're kind of sensitive to that kind of shit, be careful. But if you watch shit like Kakaguri or Darwin's Game, another uh, death game-ish anime, where uh, then you're used to seeing somebody like, you know, fuck somebody over for a little bit of dough. And as I was watching the, the movie, because, you know, it, it progresses and definitely looks like it's going to be a second season, I couldn't help but think, damn, this would be way too easy uh, to do in fucking America. We have a huge wage gap and the disparity between like the upper class and the lower class like there is no the myth of the middle class is like rampant because at at the end of the day man it's either you are rich or you are just slightly less poor than the average joe and especially in the black community i mean as i'm watching this i'm sitting here thinking like damn I, i know damn well i'll play some red light green light for a little dough uh, as you get deeper into the games, though, I find myself getting a little squeamish, but I definitely know I've got fucking cousins. I've got motherfuckers I met that will like knock a motherfucker out for some cash right now. Like they'll fucking rob you right now. <laughs> so in America, I was thinking, I was like, okay, well, the squid game, this all children's shit. So you're like four square and you're playing four square to try to eliminate somebody for some cash or dumb. Like you're just sitting there bouncing the ball back and forth between the squares and you just slam the shit out of one and like get somebody out. And the next thing you know, they get just like doned from like 100 yards away. I I could see it happening. I could I could see uh, an American squid game. I was also thinking about this in terms of like the black experience. And I realized that at some point in our time, you know, we did actually have something very similar uh, like the Mandingo fighting. This is. Uh, if you guys didn't watch Django Unchained, you don't know what a Mandingo is. It's it's a large black slave, African slave, uh, that has been bred and trained to fight other large black slaves as if they were dingoes or they were dogs, fighting dogs or fighting you know roosters, whatever you want to fucking dehumanize us down to. Uh, but it was for cash, for money, not to go back to the, you know, the slave themselves, but to go to the slave masters. And that's, that's a uh, spoiler alert, spoiler alert for fucking squid game. But that's kind of the, another big twist about the show is that it turns out that the games themselves are played on, put on for the amusement of the upper class, rich folk, which they turn out to be white people, which is great. Like there's one guy that I can definitely tell is from the South or from Texas. He's a piece of shit, but it was fun to watch him, you know, go through his uh, little arc on the screen. If you guys want to check that movie out, but it just shows that the upper class, right? They like to, watch us hurt ourselves they like to watch us go through the drama of attempting to fucking survive you know when people are placed in crippling debt situations right you 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 just find yourself dug deeper and deeper into the hole i've experienced that kind of stuff i've been behind on rent before i've been evicted from a fucking apartment complex it's not a fun feeling to just feel like the ground itself is just sinking out from under you and every time you look up there's just inches and inches of the horizon just disappearing from your fucking life and that's the way that the movie personifies these feelings right as people descend deeper into this madness and attempting to hold on to some scrap of their humanity as they watch multitudes of people die in front of them and things to that degree and so just thinking about like what black people to day would do in a squid game had me just mulling over the term crabs in a bucket because us as a people right we've been known 
to kind of drag our peers down, especially when we see them doing well or better than us, like the perspective of them possibly succeeding uh, somehow lessens our chances to, to succeed ourselves, which for a time frame, I feel it really feel like that was true, right? Like uh, before affirmative action or hell, right at, at the beginning of affirmative action, we had situations where only one nigga was going to make it, right? And so competition, right? The competitiveness that was born and bred into us from having to just kind of decide, oh, well, shit, if I want to have a better life for me and my family, right, I'm going to have to uh, take old Cletus down. I'm going to have to, I'm going to make sure that he doesn't succeed, which I, I don't know if that's specific only to uh, the black experience. That, that could just be the poor experience in itself of not wanting to be left behind, not be stuck uh, where you are and then having someone who's at the same circumstances as you uh, to succeed. Right. And, and the margin between the two of you is so thin. Right. That it's like, hey, look, I can't let you edge out ahead of me without you know me trying to at least pull you back a little bit, you know. So that that's something that happens as well in Squid Game is where you see kind of this mentality where, well, you know what? Fuck it. If I if I can't make it, then we're all going to like there's a lot of times during the show where people are just like, fuck it. I'm just going to stalemate us and I'm not moving until anybody else moves. And as I dug deeper into the series, I started having to ask my damn self uh, some questions. Like, am I looking at the rest of the podcast world and at, at the rest of the social media game and shit like that and, and thinking like a fucking crab in the bucket? Like, am I that guy that's like, maybe I can tear down another person in order to improve my own station at some point? And, and honestly, most of the time, I'm not. Like, I, I see myself... And I, I see myself thinking those things and, and I stop myself immediately. And other times I am indeed that hater. And I'm just like, man, fuck that nigga and his awesome success, man. Fuck that nigga and all of his uh, wondrous like appreciation that he's getting from his crowd and his fucking fan engagement. Man, these people are doing so fucking to fuck those niggas. Uh, and, and I got to kick myself in the ass and go, wow, you know, you can't just be a crab your whole goddamn life. Be an eagle or some shit like that. Soar above the fucking <laughs> clouds and do better for yourself. Think better of yourself, you know, because I think that that is uh, insecurity, rampant insecurity in myself and maybe even in our community as black people that we cannot look at ourselves and deem ourselves worthy. And that could be because society has always treated us as less than human. And seeing all of this enacted in this South Korean fucking drama, I see that all over the world, these same people are going through these problems. And and one of the things about South Korea is that most of the motherfuckers there, they all look alike, right? It's a country of mostly Asians. Uh, there's There does happen to be like an Indian dude in the, in the show. He's from Indian, Pakistani. He's from Pakistan, excuse me. Can't just be labeling everybody in that area as fucking Indian. He's Pakistani. I don't know if that's Indian. I'm fucking look it up. Who knows? Uh, also, probably the nicest nigga in the entire fucking show. Very strong, very nice man. He deserved way better than he fucking got. Y'all know what the fuck I'll talk about. Well, what the fuck I'm talking about when you check it out. Big ups to South Korea, right, for putting out this incredible piece of work. I've realized that there's a lot of really great media coming out of South Korea. I didn't even know that some of my favorite shows that I've been checking out, like Tower of God or God of High School, they're all from South Korea, all South Korean stories. And 
I'm seeing now that this this form of media that's coming out on the which I, I noticed that you don't call comics that come from Korea, right, or South Korea, uh, manga. They're manhwa, you know, which is, you know, Japanese, you call manga, apparently Korea, it's manhwa. Um, there is another really good comic that came out. It's called Solo Leveling, something that I've been really into, been reading it now for almost like a year, it's like 60 some odd chapters so it, it's still really really new started off as a light novel by a guy named chu gong i've got a, a an essay that i'm a video essay that i'm working on f- about solo leveling i know i keep telling you guys that you're gonna have a video essay or something like that come up but i think this one is going to be done uh pretty quick i'm gonna try to have it done sometime this week so not long after the podcast drops, be expecting a video essay on this new South Korean uh, manga that's been coming out because it's getting a new show and I want to get like really heavy in depth in that. Um, Another awesome thing that's happening right uh, with South Korea is that they're getting a chance to participate in a lot of like what I would consider primarily Western or primarily American uh, style stories. Like, uh, I don't know if you guys have heard, but uh, Batman is now getting a new comic or new graphic novel uh, that's going to consist of multiple stories told from the perspective of a lot of different countries, right? It's Batman, but you're getting it from, uh, of course, North America's, you know, fucking obviously that's where Batman's from, but someone in France is writing a story, Spain, Italy, Germany, the Czech Republic is getting in on this, Russia, Poland, Turkey, Mexico, Brazil, China, of course, South Korea and Japan. We're all going to get an opportunity to tell a Batman story uh, from not only their perspectives, but their art styles. And I think that this is really interesting that Batman has become such an easily licensable uh, property, right, that we can take it from not only it, it, the the stories right don't just connect with people here in North America they connect with people everywhere like the the creator of My Hero Academia is a huge Batman fan and in these later chapters if you're reading the the Boku no Hero manga or My Hero Academia manga currently you'll see a lot of motifs that are very similar with Batman uh you, you'll see a lot of panels that are direct homages to Batman, Bob Kane's old Batman and everything. So we're seeing a huge growth out of like other countries and the media and, and us coming together. So that's really good for the nerd spirit in general is that we have all over the world people that are interested in this one particular character and they're so ready to tell a story about them from their own regional roots, right? For their own opportunities where it's not just Batman and, and good old like red, white, and blue. Now we're going to get to see more stuff like uh, Batman fucking ninja. You guys remember that shit where, you know, Batman travels back in time to feudal Japan along with Joker and the Bane. And there's this huge thing. It was a, it's a pretty decent little animated film. I think that some of the animation was really kind of choppy. I didn't necessarily like the art style once they switched out of things, but the story itself was really fun. So this Batman, the world comic that's coming out, I'm, I'm looking forward to it a lot. I hope that uh, we get a chance to see so many different art styles and that it's appreciated for what it is a huge culmination of people coming together for this fucking one nerdy thing that we all love. Um, Another awesome thing coming out of Korea. I don't know what's up with Korea and Batman, but there's a new manhwa series called Wayne family adventures. 
officially licensed and it deals with uh Bruce kind of becoming a surrogate father, not just to the people that we've seen in the Bat family, but it's kind of like a an extension of the uh the Bat family, if you will. Like instead though, they're not calling it the Bat family adventures, it's the Wayne family adventures. So it's almost as if uh Batman his fucking self is adopting these kids. Like uh we have like a vigilante kid that's moving in. Uh, and I believe he was in Forever Robin, but uh, the details are a little bit skimpy. There's eight chapters out right now on a website called Webtoon, another South Korean-driven uh, platform that is it, – it's not just all South Korean stories. Obviously, they give access to just about everybody. It's just a free service that allows you to check out multiple stories if you'd like to. Uh, that's where I – initially picked up reading uh, solo leveling uh, although they're like a week behind because of translators and stuff so i definitely read like illegally excuse me i don't know if it's illegal to go read i read scans basically if you don't know what scans are it's uh, where a team of individuals get together they buy or purchase a volume of a particular manga they scan it and then they go through and they either a redraw some of the panels or they will uh go through and translate uh, the text so that people in other countries can enjoy and read it. Uh, big out, sh- big shout outs to you, scanlators and everything. I like that shit. I used to think about what it would be like to be on one of those teams. They're always asking in the uh, <laughs> in the bubbles and the panels and shit, like, "Yo, we need more, you know, colors, or we need more translators, or people that can come through." And I'm like, I wish I spoke a different language so I could participate in that because I think it's really awesome that they're out here being the fucking Robin Hoods of mangas. So it's like if you're too broke to buy this volume or if you're too interested in the, sh- the series and you don't want to wait for the show to catch up you know come find us online you can google us like a motherfucker but be careful guys because some of these manga sites that i'd be trying to check out they're like filled with viruses you just kind of have to look out you know read at your own discretion and all that good shit uh but of course support official releases and things to that degree because we want to get artists and authors artists and authors, excuse me, paid, you know, we want the motherfuckers to get paid. And that only way you can do that is by purchasing or buying their fucking content, you know, unless you're like me and you like to put out shit for free until you motherfuckers decide to pay me, pay me, please. I need sponsors. And uh, speaking of which sponsor for today is these nuts, these nuts sponsored this. I'm kidding. I'm sorry. (laughs) These nuts didn't sponsor this podcast. Uh, These nuts have not produced a child yet. Much to the chagrin of my father, who has been bugging me about grandkids, is anybody any, anybody else going through that? Like anybody else got their like family members or fam- like parents or grandparents just reaching out to you and be like, "When are you gonna have my grandkids? Or when are you gonna give me great grandkids or some shit like that?" Like my pops is convinced at this point that my dick does not work. He's just like, "You must be shooting blank, son. Did you hurt yourself at some point?" Like you playing around with them white boys and shit, jumping off of stuff. Did you did you did you did you fuck your nuts up, son? And I have to tell my dad all the time. I was like, nah, man, I think I'm just fine. I'm just careful. You know, I don't live in the fucking early night. It's not 1992 anymore, dad, where, you know, you just slip up at 20 and you just keep getting pregnant. I mean, you wouldn't know that looking around at the the people in my classes or, you know, motherfuckers these days now because, you know, prime children time be around them 18s and 20s, you know. 
Uh, so you can start, you know, barely growing into an adult as your child is, you know, progressing through their younger fucking toddler ages, you know, so that by the time you're 30, 35, you can get divorced and be more mature and all that shit. I'm not looking for all that. I'm kidding. I'm kidding. Not everybody's 20 year old relationships end in horrific divorce with a messy split up and shit and terrible co-parenting. It's not as if that's the norm for most people in their day-to-day lives, especially in the black community. But, you know, I'm just saying, I, I really did want you guys to think about whether or not your family, like if, if you haven't gotten the questions from your family members, think about it. Like just be asking, like just walk up to your, your pops or your, your, your fucking mom and be like, Hey, yo, so like when you want grandkids, like if you don't have kids, just ask them. And depending on how they react, like, right. They can either like bullshit you and be like, obviously not. I don't want to be no grandparent right now. Like what my mom tries to do. She always is like, I don't want to be no grandma right now. Y'all can't make me blah, blah, blah. I was like, mom, I'm almost 30 at this point. You should be worried. Maybe like, maybe you should be a little more cautious about it. Or they could be like, my pops and be like, God damn right. I want some motherfucking grandkids. Hurry up and get out there and do some fucking All jokes aside, I actually find it pretty interesting that a lot of people in my generation are deciding to not or or deciding to opt out of having children. I've actually heard from way more people that they're deciding like, oh, I don't necessarily want to jump right into kids. I don't I I think I want to hold off or a lot of motherfuckers are just like, I don't want kids at all. And I really believe that that's a product of the way that we were raised. Uh, Like I was mentioning earlier that a lot of the relationships that start up at 20s, a lot of our parents are divorced. A lot of us had had to deal with these messy ass fucking mature, like the maturings of our parents, which I mean, you know, shout outs to them. They, they did what they could, you know, they raised this. If you're alive right now, you know, be happy, you know, unless there was some trauma or abuse, in which case seek therapy, uh, you know, get that shit fixed. There's nothing wrong with talking to somebody about that stuff. Uh, there's nothing wrong with you. You just got something up there that you got to deal with. So don't be afraid to talk about your feelings and shit. Uh, you know, not everybody has a podcast that they can just get on and ramble on about the shit that they be thinking about. So if you don't have a podcast, you know, don't be afraid to seek therapy. Also, don't be afraid to ask your parents questions. Like if you feel nervous about shit, like my pops was just recently being like, you know, the only thing I really wanted you to you know, take away from, you know, my raising or my rearing of you is that I love you and that at any point you can come and talk to me about anything. Like, it doesn't mean I'm not going to slap you upside the fucking head or anything like that, or or I'm not going to fucking try to chastise you, but I will try to love you through whatever the fuck is going on and to the best of my ability, help you. And if you're blessed enough to have family members that are willing to try that shit, if you have to to try to lift you up out of a hole or, or things to that degree, do not be afraid to use the resources available to you because that's what family is, right? Right? They're they're uh, a resource available to you for wisdom, for protection, for support. Uh, that that's what family should be. If you do not, if you're not blessed with a family that does these kinds of things for you, then the best thing I could say for you is to, besides trying to find a way to love yourself, find yourself a tribe, get yourself around a group of people that not necessarily have to be like-minded, but get yourself around a group of people that are willing to try to uplift you or to love you through the weird things or the shit that you find yourself like thinking about up in the middle of the night. 
but who are also not afraid to tell you the truth, you know, let you know if a shirt looks ugly or if, you know, a person that you're attempting to see or you're uh, thinking about being with is exhibiting red flags to them, you know, get you some people that can tell you the truth as well, because this is all important in the makeup of a good uh, support group or support, you know, uh, fucking structure, if you will. I'm not trying to give you the 12 steps to happiness or any fucking shit like that. I just wanted to let people know that, hey, you know, you're not alone. Uh, the weird shit that you think that you're going through, it is not exclusive to you. Six point some odd billion people on the planet. I guarantee you somebody is going through something similar or has gone through the exact same thing that you are going through. Uh, just a little fucking a little light love, a little little light work for everybody here. I don't want to get too fucking sappy or anything like that. Um, I wanted to go ahead and say thank you to everybody who reached out and sent us your favorite local artists. Uh, I posted about that on Instagram and Facebook not too long ago because we wanted to try to give opportunities to anybody out there, especially local individuals, uh, to, you know, show some fucking love and appreciation to your uh, hot new music artists that are coming around. You know, we all have that friend that we think is incredibly talented or, you know, that motherfucking uh, family member that has this fucking gift or whatever. This is a perfect opportunity for people to kind of showcase that this isn't the biggest fucking podcast in the world, but I do like to give people their fucking flowers. So, so we're starting a new segment on the podcast is going to be uh, hot new artists. Of course, that's a working title or anything like that. But the first person we have up for this segment here is a guy uh, goes by the name of Cedri. That's S-E-D-R-I-I. You can find him on Instagram at Cedri official. That's S-E-D-R-I-I. I I underscore official. Uh, he's a hot cat out of Jacksonville. My baby brother knows him very well. I actually remember young nigga from church. His parents used to actually like preach from time to time as guest spots at our church. Uh, I saw him grow up and things like that. So I'm very proud to say this young man is from our hometown. This is Cedri with Trappaville. Speaking last seen at the end of August, but Jacksonville police never confirmed whether they suspected foul play. No word as of now whether he speak has been found alive or dead. 17-year-old Nayamidit was arrested today in the 600 block of Macadosa Street for engaging in criminal activity and possession of marijuana. It's still unclear what exactly he's being accused of. This joint operation has been ongoing investigation in the Jacksonville area. Coming out of Jacksonville after police were called to a shooting right near. Lincoln Park. Police arrived at MB Davis in Holloway Street where they discovered two women had been shot. You can see where it happened right here on your screen. Now, as of news time, officers are still working to gather some more information as the situation is under investigation. We do know that a silver car got into an accident as a result of the shooting. On the 200 block of Tilly Street, that's for the suspect, 29-year-old Skajmaz Nasharal, Mr. Bill took off into the woods. Police chased the suspect only to find him later in a small creek. Jones was pronounced dead at the nearby hospital. This incident remains under investigation. 
Show. 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 Once again, that was Trapperville by Young Cedri. You can just S E D R I I. Again, check him out on his socials. Young man from the Ville, Trapperville, as he liked to call it. I really fuck with that song. I, I was going through his catalog, deciding what I was going to go ahead and drop first. And once I caught that one, especially with the little intro, uh, you know, giving it up about my hometown and, you know, how grimy it can be and what it's like growing up in that area. It will in this area, excuse me. And so I, I just had to give him a little spotlight. You will definitely be hearing more of Cedric on the podcast. Probably not next week. I think I've got another artist that I've already selected and uh, is going to go ahead and give you guys some hot new fire. Be sure to check him out. Check his socials, all that good stuff. Uh, Thank you guys again so much for checking out the episode. Fucking with the pod. Shout out to the day ones. Love you all. We have officially hit 200 two followers as of now but i was going to give us the 200 mark uh, on the actual well-spoken token official instagram page that is so dope thank you so much to all of you guys uh we still have the sticker giveaway coming up so don't forget about that please check out that post so we can get you one of these dope ass wst stickers we got mugs coming uh i'm gonna send you know definitely post a picture of the muggy mugs so you guys can see what i'm working with there so when you're drinking your morning coffee doing your morning yawn and uh you can go ahead and be thinking about the well-spoken token pod or when you're on your way to work or you're at fucking home listening to the pod you could be drinking out of a pod mug while you're listening to the pod does pod sound weird at this point who knows who cares thank you thank you thank you again to each and every one of you i love you I respect you. I think of each and every one of you as a beautiful individual. If you ever need anybody to fucking talk to, the well-spoken token is definitely here. You can reach out to us on our socials. You can check us out on Gmail, you know, the well-spoken token 
at gmail.com. You can check us out there as well. Please, 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 please know that you are loved. If just in case you don't, you know, fucking hear it enough, uh, you know, give yourself a hug. If you can't get one, I'm around. If I'm in the area, you see me, you need a hug, come get one. Uh, you know, I'm not one of them. Where's my hug ass niggas? But, you know, I like to let people know through physical affection that you are loved and shit. So thank you again for listening to the podcast. This is the well-spoken token and I'm out. <laughs>